Chart Chat is a member of the Tiege.fm network from WTJU Radio. Find out more at Tiege.fm. That's T-E-E-J dot F-M. Hello everybody, Tanner Green here. Welcome to another episode of Chart Archives. This is a little sub-series of Chart Chat where we uh, hop in the time machine and take a look back at chart weeks of days gone by. And as always, the way this works, fire up a random number generator, generate a random date in Hot 100 history, and run through the chart debuts for that week, and then pick apart some songs from that list. And as always, you can find a Spotify playlist in the show notes if you want to check out this full list of debuts. But we first start down in the 90s with a couple hair metal bands. At number 99 and number 97, you've got Cinderella and Trickster with their songs Heartbreak Station and One in a Million, respectively. At number 95, you've got the Madchester song Step On by Happy Mondays. She Talks to Angels by the Black Crows debuts at number 92. And right above that, you've got Keedy, where she debuts at number 91 with Save Some Love. Moving into the 80s, at number 89, there's Deep Deep Trouble by The Simpsons featuring Bart and Homer. And at 81, we've got It's a Shame, My Sister by Moni Love featuring True Image. Back to a little more hair metal, at number 77, we've got Steel Heart with I'll Never Let You Go. And right above that, at number 76, we've got the charity single Voices That Care, same as the artist's name, also Voices That Care. And right above that, at number 75, you've got The Triplets with You Don't Have to Go Home Tonight. And then we're going to take a sizable leap upwards to our highest entry of this week, again, March 16th, 1991. At number 53, we've got Rod Stewart with the song Rhythm of My Heart. And once again, check out the show notes for that playlist if you want to listen to all of these. It's kind of a weird chart week, but let me know what you think about any of the songs. We'd love to hear from you, but we're going to start this journey with an artist whose brief period of commercial success came just as her style of 1980s sort of freestyle pop was on its way out. Kellyanne Keedy, known simply by her last name, Keedy, was born in Texas, but she came up through the Milwaukee music scene in the 1980s. Late in the decade, she joined the local band Gerard, which was popular in the regional tour circuit, but never quite broke big on a national scale. In looking for information on that band Gerard, the only recordings I could find came actually before Keedy's tenure with the band. There was a self-titled mini-album from 1984, and then one or two follow-up singles from around 1985. Here's just a brief snippet of one of those singles titled Feel Like Letting Go. Gerard was the pride and joy of Milwaukee musician Greg Gerard, who simultaneously branched into songwriting and production for other artists while attempting to land a recording contract for his band. Along with Greg's sister Chris and Gerard's manager Rod Bedoin, 
The three's ultimate goal was, quote, for the Girard organization to serve as a conduit for Milwaukee performers to become a kind of Motown that propels local talents to national success, end quote. And for a brief period at the turn of the 1990s, this goal actually seemed within reach thanks to Keedy. So after Katie joined Gerard in the late 1980s, she and Greg began work on a demo tape that eventually found its way to Lisa Wells, who at the time was the director of creative services at Geffen Music. Wells signed both Katie and Greg Gerard to a publishing deal on the strength of that demo tape, which then led to a recording contract with Arista Records. Arista's roster at the time included pop juggernauts like Millie Vanilli, Whitney Houston, and Taylor Dane, so Katie seemed poised for a breakthrough. And sure enough, that breakthrough came the following year with a song that was first recorded for Katie's demo tape. And that new version of that same song is our first debut this week, March 16th, 1991, debuting at number 91, Save Some Love. Save Some Love is a song that isn't terribly surprising. It's very much a known quantity in the early Madonna and even into Paula Abdul vein. But I still find it pretty charming, mostly because Katie's vocals are appropriately youthful and energetic, and it's just bubbly and it's fun. And the general public agreed. Uh, Save Some Love actually climbed all the way to number 15 on the Hot 100, peaking in the top 20 uh, that May of 1991, and it ultimately spent a full 15 weeks on the Hot 100. For whatever reason, though, the popularity of Save Some Love didn't translate to album sales for Katie. I couldn't find any reason why that was, because her debut album titled Chase the Clouds didn't even chart on the Billboard 200 at all, which unfortunately wound up being an omen for the commercial decline that was soon to come. Arista released a second single from Chase the Clouds later that year titled Wishing on the Same Star, but it only debuted at number 86 that August and fell off in just a month. According to Keedy in a 2007 interview, quote, The week it came out, Brian Adams' song, Everything I Do, I Do It For You, was being played, and a number of the radio stations went with the Brian Adams song, as there wasn't enough room in their playlist for another new ballad, end quote. Making matters worse, Milwaukee DJs preferred Keedy's song, Sorry, instead, also from her album, making other radio stations across the United States even more reluctant to promote Wishing on the Same Star. 
Still, Katie and Greg Gerard moved to Los Angeles in preparation for an anticipated second album. In that 2007 interview, Katie actually says that she and Gerard wrote and demoed over 100 songs for Arista, only to be completely washed out by a change in label management. As Katie put it, quote, My new A&R guy didn't believe in what we were doing, and hip-hop was taking off, as was Nirvana and grunge, end quote. And that was it. There was never a second album released by Kitty. No future singles. That was the end of her major label recording contract, just like that. And after separating from Arista, Katie played rhythm guitar for a Milwaukee cover band called The Orphans, and she continued to songwrite with two of her friends before marrying local musician Royce Hall. Kitty and Hall seemed to record sporadically. Uh, I haven't been able to find any substantial information on their work, just a defunct MySpace page. I'm sort of selfishly fascinated by that because that might be one of the victims of MySpace's recent loss of years' worth of music files on their servers. But the most information I could find about Kitty and Hall's musical collaborations was apparently they contributed a cover of Neil Young's song Birds for a 2008 tribute album to Neil Young. Unfortunately, I couldn't find that recording for inclusion in this episode, bringing Kitty's segment to a conclusion that is honestly as anticlimactic as her brusque treatment by the music industry. Thinking back on Kitty's short stint as a major label recording artist, if you recall the rationale of the Arista representative that pulled support from Kitty's sophomore album, the mainstream breakthrough of grunge and hip-hop played a key factor in his decision. And it's the latter genre we travel to next, talking about hip-hop legend Moni Love. Moni Love, a.k.a. Simone Johnson, was actually born in London, which made her one of the first MCs born outside the U.S. to achieve mainstream notoriety within the States. Love's discography starts with her group Just Bad, whose other members were DJ Pogo, Sparky, and MC Mello, and together the four musicians released a single in 1987 called Freestyle on the short-lived Tough Groove label. Just Bad in effect. With the MC Melo, the MC Moni Love, the deaf DJ Pogo, and the musical wizard Sparky Ski. And we going freestyle. Like this. Love didn't wait long until after the release of Freestyle to start making waves as a solo artist, through a variety of appearances on both club and rap tracks. First came her own 1989 single titled Grandpa's Party, which went all the way to number 16 over in the UK. And just a quick note, this is the Love to Love remix that we're going to listen to of that one. Along with the culture, I'm displaying the beaters want the rhyme is superb in grandpa's party. I will be heard. Take off your clothes if you choose to dance barefooted like we used to. Like the mother, the party is hot. Get deep boots and show 
And then after that came Love's first chart appearance in the United States, where she featured on Queen Latifah's hit Ladies First, which peaked all the way up at number five on the Hot Rap Songs chart in February of 1990. Please will all the beats and rhymes my sisters have employed Slickers me throwing down the sound totally a yes Let me state the position Ladies first, yes? Yes Yes, there's gonna be some changes there Believe me when I say being a woman is great to see I know that all the fellas out there will agree with me Not for being one, but for being with one Cause when it's time for loving, it's the woman that gets them sworn Stepping, strutting, moving on Rhyming, cutting, and not forgetting we are the ones to give birth to the new generation of prophets because it's late. Both Moni Love and Queen Latifah were members of the famed rap collective Native Tongues, along with celebrated groups like A Tribe Called Quest and De La Soul. Native Tongues artists really quickly left a substantial impact on the development of hip-hop, garnering acclaim for their Afrocentric lyrics and diverse stylistic influences, drawing most notably from jazz and dance music. As Moni Love noted at the time, quote, I like reading West Indian Anansi poems and those by Louise Bennett. They're just about everyday life and people. It gives me something to think about, and I like thinking, end quote. Native Tongues' ethos also helped with Love's cross-Atlantic move to New York City at the time, where the collective's other artists were based. Reflecting on the group in 2016, Moni Love said, quote, It was just really cool for me, coming from a different country, to be involved with a collective that allowed me to be myself. I'm from England. I'm different. I'm not going to front. They were the most welcoming with that. End quote. Ladies First was only the first in a string of hits by Moni Love, whose first U.S. chart appearance as a lead artist came in December 1990 when Moni in the Middle simultaneously topped the rap songs chart and made the top 10 of the dance club chart. Brother, what is with you? You can't take a hint. I need to shove a split between your eyes for you to see you and me were never meant to be. Your homeboy likes me. I like him too. Get out the picture. I get your point, but I'm not rolling with the punch. I scrunched up the letter you wrote me in lunch. In fifth period, I paid no notice to your motion. My work is on the table. My pen's in locomotion. Every time I turn around, you're looking in my face. I try to ignore you. The bell rings. I race out the room. Zoom to another room. Sit down. What do you know? The lover's in town. The other brother. Who? The one I was to talk to. Sitting three seats back and I'ma walk over to him and give him the letter I wrote because my feelings towards him are ruined. You know? Moni in the middle. In the middle. Yeah. Moni's in the middle. In the middle. Moni in the middle. In the middle. Yeah. Go, go, go. What is she? Moni in the middle. Moni in the Middle and Grandpa's Party both appeared on Love's debut album, titled Down to Earth, which released at the end of October and eventually reached a respectable number 109 on the Billboard 200 the following year. And it's another single from Down to Earth, the biggest song of her career in the U.S. actually. That is our second chart debut of this week, dated March 16th, 1991, 
That song's titled It's a Shame, My Sister. I have to admit I was unable to find any information whatsoever on True Image. So I apologize for that omission. If you know anything about True Image, please do let me know. I would love to find out more. It's a Shame was not only Moni Love's first Hot 100 appearance, the track would go on to hit number 26 in May of 1991. And on top of that, the track also topped the rap songs chart and came one spot away from the same feat on the dance club chart. Sadly, this would wind up being Love's only top 40 hit on the Hot 100, likely thanks in part to a shift in industry attention and resources away from native tongue-style jubilation in favor of harder-edged G-funk like Dr. Dre's landmark 1992 album, The Chronic. Moni Love only released one more album in March 1993 with an award or two, and that album actually failed to reach the Billboard 200 at all. Two of the singles on that album achieved mild Hot 100 success, though there was a symbolic last hurrah when Love topped the dance club chart one more time with Born to B-R-E-E-D. And that song, interestingly enough, was actually the result of a songwriting and production collaboration with Prince, and was even recorded at Prince's very own Paisley Park Studios. Love's recorded output continued to dwindle over the course of the 1990s, and by the 2000s she actually had parlayed her skills on the microphone into a successful radio career. Love enjoyed stints as a show host in Philadelphia and Houston, and even on XM Satellite Radio, but every so often she crops back up on a track to remind everybody why she was such a trailblazer in the first place. Here's her guest verse on the song Sometimes by Rascass, from 2013. 
bitch. Cause I can't so now you goose is cooked. What you worrying for? You the man though. Thinking I kill me, try to age my stage. When I'm in a bracket by myself, and I can surf my ways. Try to shut me out of this. You ain't a heritage show, that's comedy, son. Spit the ropes in every coach with certifiable lungs. Insane flows, my name mo. At a NIE, I'm epitome, MC double E. Can't talk shop surrounded by smoke and mirrors. The biggest fear is the contradiction of the appearance, yo. I let her listen to these ants, yo, miss dudes. Pitching chicks against each other, putting out fast food. Sensitive, this have never surpassed. And send you every word a tribute to what light in the They got the nerve And most recently in 2015, Moni Love formed the rap group Heresy, alongside the MCs Carolina Dirty, Dominique LaRue, and MyVerse. And together, the four of them released their self-titled album that year, again, 2015, on Polar Entertainment. Here's a clip of Moni Love's verse on a song titled, The Call Out. I am done with the politics, saying I don't have what it takes. I'll slow down with none of his common sense. Look, saying as though there wasn't no dominance and it wasn't the confidence. It's because it is ominous. The future, like I ain't got a hand in it. Like I was faking, I was posing with mannequins. No, I'm ready for the world. I open my hand again. Uh, on my job, I'm supposed to be handling. Look, the same news that you ain't want to press play. Thinking that I'm weak and I can't fly on the expressway. Uh, a single mother, I'm surviving it for decades. So USA, I am rising up, so let's brace for the future. Getting brighter by the second. And I know that you're respected. I'm igniting my inflection. It's the... The purpose emphasize until I'm breathless. You don't like it, I'll apply it to the message. And again, I'll be. The recording fortunes of Katie and Moni Love both fell victim to the music business's eternally fickle nature. Despite establishing themselves as commercial forces, Katie with a top 20 hit and Moni Love with songs that topped the rap and dance charts, both women were quickly left behind at the slightest whiff of an industry shift. And the last artist we're covering this week represents a particularly bizarre example of industry trend hopping. Because after all, what could be less risky than cashing in on a pre-existing cross-media craze, particularly one that uses fictional characters? That's right, we're talking about the music of The Simpsons. Specifically The Simpsons in the wake of the breakout success of season one, and even more specifically, the ravenous cultural appetite for anything and everything related to one Bart Simpson. Noticing the onslaught of press coverage and merchandise in 1990, the head of Geffen Records, again, recall, that's actually the same label that signed that publishing deal with Keedy that we covered earlier, suggested the creation of an album of original Simpson songs not previously used in episodes of the television show. And thus, concurrent with development of the show's second season, work began on The Simpsons Sing the Blues. And after its December release, the album eventually climbed all the way to number three on the Billboard 200 largely thanks to demand for a certain character and a certain song of his. Do the Bartman never saw a standalone single release, so it wasn't eligible for inclusion on the Hot 100 at the time, but it still received a ton of radio airplay, eventually peaking at number 11 on the radio songs chart. Bartman was actually in part the creation of Michael Jackson, who at the very least contributed backup vocals and, depending on whose account you believe, might have even written the song. 
And again, I want to emphasize this. The only way that U.S. listeners could actually buy Bartman was to purchase the entirety of Simpson Sing the Blues. After the commercial peak of Do the Bartman, Geffen took a different approach and actually released another song from Simpson Sing the Blues as a standalone single. That song would go on to peak at number 69 on the Hot 100 and is our final chart debut for this week, dated once again March 16th, 1991. That song is called Deep, Deep Trouble. Yard, mowing like crazy, sweating like a pig, and the sun is blazy. Homer's in the driveway, getting in the car with mom and Lisa. Hope they're going real far. Then dad yells, Burn! and I go, Yo! He goes, You done yet? And I go, No. So he goes, Oh, you're too slow. So I step on the gas to speed up the mow. Didn't see that sprinkler underneath that tree. Wham! <laughs> raining on me. I go, Whoa! Homer goes, No! Thanks after working my butt off. Homer revs the motor and they all start to put off. Soaked to the bone, standing in a puddle. No one needs to tell me I'm in deep, deep trouble. I still feel like the song works so much better than it actually should, especially compared with Dude the Bartman. And maybe part of that credit goes to one of the co-writers of the song, the creator of The Simpsons, Matt Groening, but more likely a lot of the reason the song works so well is because of its production and the other co-writer of the song named Jeffrey Towns, better known by his DJ name Jazzy Jeff, of the famed duo Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince who were at the height of their popularity at the time, which made for a particularly fortuitous timing for Groening because just a few months later, in May of 1991, just two months after the Hot 100 debut of Deep Deep Trouble, you have Summertime, the Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince track that went on to peak at number four on the Hot 100 and even win a Grammy the following year. Perhaps unsurprisingly, The Simpsons' recording career never quite achieved the level of fame or acclaim as Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. After the success of Simpsonsing the Blues, Geffen only put out one other album of original Simpsons tracks. It was called The Yellow Album. And even though it was recorded soon after the success of the first album and was intended to release soon after the first album, it only came out in 1998 and even failed to hit the Billboard 200 altogether. I couldn't quite find any information on why there was such a delay. I know Matt Groening was not particularly interested in doing another album of recordings, but that was the extent of information I could find. But at the very least, luckily for Nancy Cartwright and the other voice actors on The Simpsons, the shifting sands of the music industry didn't dent their careers nearly as much as they did for Keedy or Moni Love. And that's going to do it for us this episode. It was kind of a weird chart week very much a transitory period for the music industry, and you can see that pretty clearly with the three artists we've covered this episode. You have the decline of 80s pop with Keedy. You've got Moni Love's brief moment at the sort of vanguard of hip-hop alongside her native tongues collaborators. 
And then you've got one among many of the really quick commercial cash-ins on that hip-hop with The Simpsons, even though it's also made with one of the lead hip-hop artists of the time. And once again, just a quick reminder, you can listen to all the songs in that Spotify playlist in the show notes. If you want to catch a glimpse of the sort of weirdness of this week's chart debuts, tell your friends about us, particularly those uh, that might not be super interested in current pop hits coming out here in 2019. Please also consider rating and reviewing us on your podcasting platform of choice, iTunes, etc. Get in touch with us. You can email us at chartchatcast at gmail.com. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at chartchatcast. Thanks to Coronation Media for our intro theme and cover art. Thanks to Tej.fm from WTJU for having us on the network. Find out more about other podcasts on the network. Check them out at teej.fm. Thanks again for listening to Chart Archives. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>